Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Niner Sports Talk, presented by Uptown Audio. Man, it feels so good to be back post-Thanksgiving. we got a lot to talk about, and it's going to be a very fun episode, but Brad, you wanted to talk about some Thanksgiving food before we got started, didn't you? Yeah, it's our first episode, being back since Thanksgiving. Obviously, took a break for the holiday, so it's only right to talk a little Thanksgiving food. Bryson, I know you're a big food guy, so i got to know. Top side. Top dessert. Everyone knows what you eat for the entree, right? Turkey. Uh, so we don't got to go about that. But what are your favorite desserts and sides? Well, Brad, you had an interesting point. You think dessert's overrated, which oh, I just think is blasphemy. But I would have to say, man, pecan pie, there's nothing like it on Thanksgiving. That's just, that's the perfect Thanksgiving dessert. I mean, I like ice cream and that's all I really like. Because like desserts are just overrated. By the time you like just eat your meal and then by the time you get to it, it's like you eat two pieces and boom, it's gone. I don't know. I'm just not a big fan. It's plus more money and all that. Just eat your food and get out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You said you like ice cream. What about a scoop of ice cream and a slice of pecan pie? Just ice cream. What about sides? What are your favorite sides? Green bean casserole all the way or broccoli casserole. I mean, either one green, same thing. Really good. Mac and cheese only if it's like made by the right person though. I agree with that. Only about the right because like some people like make craft mac and cheese basically, or some people don't hate on craft mac and cheese. It's good. Not, not for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I I could see that. But I mean that's something I would do when I when I start making my own Thanksgiving meals. If I'm being honest. Yeah, I agree with you there. Broccoli casserole, green bean casserole. My mom makes a homemade broccoli casserole. My grandma makes a great green bean casserole that only comes out every now and then. And also sweet potato casserole. Love some sweet potatoes. It's got to be exclusive. Well, anyways, we're going to move on from food. We could talk about it all day. Let's be honest. It's making me hungry, though. We're going to move into the three big things from the week. Brad, break it down to us. we got a lot to digest from this week, don't we? Finally, it's like, you know, throughout the fall semester, it's been a lot of stop and go, stop and go, especially for Charlotte's football team. But big three things for me, you got Charlotte football, a lot of cancellations, postponements, a whole little carousel there. And the men's and women's basketball teams have gotten their season started off. And obviously, we can finally talk about a game. Charlotte hosted Western Kentucky on Sunday and they finally got out there. A lot of rust. Didn't look too good. Missing some players. Missing, missing some things. But got out there nonetheless. Yeah, I agree with you. Good to see the Niners back on the football field. Although you could tell that there was definitely some rust. It's been almost six weeks since Halloween, since they have played. 36 days, which apparently, according to ESPN, is the longest stretch of not playing a game for a football team in modern history. Setting records. And not in a good way. <laughs> but yeah, Charlotte drops to two and four, 37-19, Western Kentucky. I just think Western Kentucky, you know, they've almost had a full season, right? They've played 11 games. Charlotte has only played six. And and Chris Reynolds was kind of a guy that we were going to keep our eyes on during this game. And and he struggled, 14 from for 34, 205 yards and two touchdowns, so not bad there. But Charlotte kind of dug themselves in a hole at halftime. They were down 17 nothing, and it was almost like they couldn't dig themselves out with that defense. I think that first half was was definitely big because they just couldn't get out of it. I mean, they definitely had spurts in the in the third quarter where you're like, okay, maybe they could come back. But 
They just couldn't get everything together on offense. They had a couple, obviously that first drive, Charlotte stopped Western Kentucky on the one yard line. And I mean, that's, that, that's a good way to start, but they just done that next offensive possession. They just couldn't get anything started. And I think that's where we see them struggle and obviously rust. Their last game was on October 31st. A lot has happened since then. We you know failed to mention we found out two week period of no practice to shut down the program pretty much uh, because of COVID, because of the outbreak on the team. Those things really showed today. It showed that you know they have been in practice those last couple of weeks. And I think you made a point too earlier before we got on the show that they haven't been able to progress as a team throughout the season because they haven't. Last year they were two and three you know, as they started this year, but they got to progress. They got to see what they could fix and they got better and made a bowl game. Yeah, totally agree with you. Charlotte was two and five, one five straight to get to a bowl game, right? They had this full schedule and they haven't had that. And you can kind of tell where they should be progressing like they did last year. They just haven't had that opportunity to play, unlike Western Kentucky, who's played 11 games. And also, no Aaron McAllister for the Niners today. That hurt. But Trey Harborson uh, played well, 16 carries, 80 yards. And Dom Schaffner got to play a drive. And on that one drive, Dom Schaffner gave it to Trey Harborson, and he had his biggest run of the game. Trey Harborson, I think, will be kind of a workhorse gets Marshall. What do you think, Brad? Do you think he'll get more carries, less carries? And uh, what are your expectations for Trey Harbison? Well, first things first, you have to admit that missing Aaron McAllister was a big deal for Charlotte because in their wins this year, they've used that combo of McAllister and Harbison, and they missed that today. Mm-hmm. You didn't have those two guys you could go to back and forth throughout the game. You know, you missed that offensive spark, and they missed that throughout the game. And that, you know, you definitely want that next week at Marshall, but if Aaron McCaster is not ready to go, then Trey Harbison, he's a guy who, you know, he's a workhorse. He can get you the three, four yards that you need on third downs. He's maybe not a guy you can use in a passing game as much, but just a good, solid, strong running back. And I definitely would want to see a lot more production, and I think they're going to give that to him as well. Yeah, another part of the offense, Victor Tucker steps up big for the Niners today. Eight catches, 111 yards. Michaelis Elder, two touchdown catches. Cam Dollar, one catch, 30 yards, but that was a touchdown. And Taylor Thompson played well. So the receiving core is there for Charlotte. Victor Tucker steps back into that uh, number one receiver role. and A couple, couple big plays, too. Yeah, and he's kind of gone back to his form last year at the end of the season, you could tell Victor Tucker was ready to play out of the gate. Yeah, the big storyline from this game, Ben DeLuca breaking the school record for tackles at 307 now and eight tackles on the day, I believe. Yeah, seven total for Ben DeLuca, three solo, and he had one tackle for a loss. Also, Tyler Murray, eight total tackles for the Niners. Murray, DeLuca, like we keep saying and stressing, one of the best defensive duos in the nation. Also, little nod to Luke Martin, six total tackles as well. And Charlotte moves on from this to play Friday against Marshall, 5 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. And we will get back to that later in the episode when we preview that game. But let's get into the basketball season, Brad. Not a really good start for the men's team, 0-2. A nine-point loss to ECU, then followed that up with another nine-point loss to Georgia State. And also the women's basketball team, 0-3, lost to App, Clemson, Wake. And currently, they are playing the Tar Heels of North Carolina. Brad, let's get to the men's team first. What are your initial thoughts from this season? And and what do you think Charlotte will look to do in these next coming games and these next coming weeks show that they are ready to go? Well, the first couple games, it started to look like 
oh no, football season all over again. You get your two games canceled. They're, they're going to open Charlotte's men's basketball team is going to open the season with Tennessee and BCU, like we talked in the last episode. And that, that the volunteer classic got canceled due to the Tennessee coach, Rick Barnes, tested positive. So the Tennessee game out, VCU out. So last minute, they throw a 49er tip-off classic that included East Carolina and then Belmont Abbey, who they already were going to play on Monday. That already, it's like, oh, we're a very turbulent start to the season. They lose against East Carolina, just not a lot of energy, if you will. You know, good spurts here and there, but they just couldn't keep going on every offense possession. And a lack of big men, too. It's the the, the presence they're missing. Abdul Bamba from last year, who is a graduate transfer from Coastal Carolina. So he brought a lot of that, that big guy presence and a lot of veteran presence. And they're kind of missing that so far. Not to say that that can't come from Milos uh, Supka, you know, and, and his other guys down low. I want to see a little more production, too, from Jameer Young who obviously is a sophomore coming off a big year. The season is far, far from over. There's still a lot of games to be played. They looked better against Georgia State on Friday at home, but they started off well and just could not finish and couldn't get going in the second half. Yeah, talking about it, Jordan Shepard, 15 points a game. He's been averaging four rebounds, 3.5 assists. And then you look to Jameer Young, 15 points a game, six rebounds, three assists. These two guys will be team leaders, I think, for the rest of the season. Jameer Young will ramp up production. I already see him having a huge year. Same with Jordan Shepard. It's going to be fun to see, and I think those two guys are going to be a, a good guard duo for sure. Brad, what do you think about Bryce Williams? He's definitely stepped up for the Niners, averaging 7.5 points. But most importantly, he's been getting those boards for the Niners, averaging five rebounds. Man, he's unstoppable in the paint. And that's going to be important moving forward. Like I said, a little more presence is going to be needed in the in the post. And he can provide that with the rebounding and definitely a guy that has progressed and, you know, playing in a second year. So it's going to be interesting to see how he's used by uh, Coach Ron Sanchez. And I definitely think there's there's definitely a lot of talent on this team. It hasn't been shown in the first two games, but they have the opportunity this week. They play on Monday, South Carolina State, at home, 6 o'clock game, and come, you know, stay home on December 11th, Friday, 5 o'clock game against Appalachian State, which will be broadcasted on ESPNU. Going to be a great game to watch, and it's going to be a game that, uh, is really going to show how Charlotte does against in-state talent. Yeah, I think you definitely got to circle that 12-15 matchup at Davidson, right? That's a big rivalry, kind of fizzled out a little bit, but now you can tell that fire's back for both of these teams. Especially last season. And Davidson, good team as well, put on a good uh, a good show on the, the Monty Cl- uh, Invitational in Asheville last week against the big teams there. So going to be interesting how Charlotte matches up and big recruiting games as well, showing up these uh, local high schoolers that – they're one of the better teams in the state. Yeah, pretty exciting stuff for the men's team. Let's move to the women's team here. Quickly, let's look at their losses. App State, which was an eight-point loss. Clemson, a seven-point loss. And then Wake, a three-point loss. You know something about this women's team is this. They're in these games. And they and these scores, the seven-point loss to Clemson, that was a lot closer until, you know, they had to foul to stop the clock. Uh, this women's team, I'm excited. I think once they get that first win – it's going to come. They're going to come easy. And this team's looking forward to it. They're playing North Carolina right now, the Lady Tar Heels. Brad, what do you think your initial takeaways for the women's team? Uh, it, it's really exciting to see what this women's team could do once they get that monkey off their back and get that first win. Well, when you looked at this 
schedule going into the year, it's like Clemson, Wake Forest, North Carolina, back to back to back. That is not easy. Those are three top caliber teams. Clemson's had a, uh, ACC teams, if you will. And Clemson started off good with a 3-0 and start. Appalachian State is not a pushover team either. So you're playing these teams that are, you know, very good and you're, you're testing yourself and obviously you're getting into the year. You're It's COVID, so things have been slow. You had slower summer, slower off season, but they've been playing better and better each game. Wake Forest, they were in the game throughout. They had a couple chances to take over. Same thing with Clemson. They played well throughout. All of these games, they're not getting blown out by any means. And these are good losses. Every, you know, Obviously, you don't want to lose any game. But if you're going to lose, you want to lose in the fashion just a few points. And that's been the case so far for this team. Yeah. And, you know, I think, too, you've, you've got to look at some of these leaders. Jasmine Harris has done an outstanding job stepping into that leadership role for this team. And she said in a press conference the other week, hey, I'm here to do anything to help this team win and get better. And she has definitely done that. Jada McMillan as well, 20 points against Wake, almost single-handedly brought them back. And then you've got to look at guard J.C. Busek, who's a freshman who was just dominating and having a good season. I think those three players I just named are going to have big seasons and be big for the Niners down the road. And obviously looking ahead after the North Carolina game, next week, the last two non-conference games for the women's team. They have a little bit of a break before conference play starts on January 1st. The women's team will play Dayton, they will host Dayton on December 10th on Thursday at 4 p.m. Game will be broadcasted on YouTube Live, Charlotte 49ers Athletics page on YouTube. And then they'll play at home against Davidson, little rivalry matchup there, December 15th, Tuesday, 6 p.m. again on YouTube Live. So two big games to close out the non-conference season, which are very winnable games. And hopefully they can have a couple wins on their non-conference record going into conference play, which they start on January 1st with Western Kentucky at Western Kentucky. Yeah, and to say all that about the men and the women's team, keep an eye on these teams. Don't give up just yet because I know they have big rest of the seasons ahead, and I'm, I'm excited to see if they can do some damage and get into March Madness. Yep, conference play is where it counts. Obviously, non-conference is going to be factored, but if you can play well, the women's team had a great year and good chance at winning the conference championship and the men's team as well. If you can put yourself in position come March and in those conference tournaments and might lose some games throughout the year. So you just want to win where you can, given where, you know, this time is so uncertain. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And the best thing about this women's team is that they've been in these games with these big teams and they're definitely putting themselves on the map. But let's move into the football game this Friday. Marshall will face our 49ers. That game will be 6.30 p.m. CBS Sports Network. Man, it's going to be good to see Charlotte get to play two games in a row. But Marshall, who is a ranked team, is coming off a loss They were undefeated, and the Rice Owls come in, shock them, have five interceptions, and win their second game of the season, shutting out the thundering herd. Brad, you got to think that Marshall's definitely going to be angry coming into this game. Hey, we let that one slip. We want to get back on that field right away and show these people that we're ready. Marshall's a good team. They've been good all year. Early in the year, they looked dominant. Like, who's going to beat this team? And then COVID happens. Like, you know, they had another break because they couldn't play us a few weeks ago. So they've lost some games as well. So they've had some rust against Rice, and Rice has dealt with COVID. So you got these teams that are just going up and playing football. So I definitely think that it's going to be interesting to see how Marshall responds. And it's going to be at their house, their home. They don't have to travel. They don't have to go through that. But you also have to look at the 49ers. They finally got a game 
game in and they're coming off a loss. So they're going to be fired up as well. Yeah, some key players to look at for Marshall. It's definitely freshman quarterback Grant Wells. 1,839 passing yards this year with 16 touchdowns. He's been big, and what's scary is he's a freshman. He's got a lot of eligibility left. Also got to look at the running game, Brendan Knox. 820 total yards on the ground for the Thundering Herd with nine touchdowns. Xavier Gaines, the tight end, 328 yards, three touchdowns. And number one receiver, Corey Gaiman who is at 304 yards, receiving four touchdowns this year. What do you think about this offense, Brad? They can put up some big numbers. They've shown that they can. But that Charlotte defense, Ben DeLuca, Tyler Murray, they're going to probably stay away from those guys who can lay the big hits. Yeah, I think that the defense is really, really going to have to show up if any game. They've, they've struggled throughout the year. They've allowed a lot of points. But this Marshall team, you know, when you have a good quarterback, everything seems to flow better and flow well. So you definitely have to be careful. And it's one of those things that you just got to play play by play and just figure things out as you go and respond well and learn well. And thankfully, they'll have a little more time to prep, Charlotte. You know, they already prepped for this team so they can take from that game and they know where they're playing us. And like this week, you know, they're supposed to play the breakfast bowl on Tuesday, play Saturday against FIU, but that didn't happen. They ended up playing Western Kentucky on Sunday. So a lot of uncertainty. But another point you got to bring up, this can be two games in pretty much less than a week. You play on Sunday, you got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, pretty much travel day, and then you're playing Friday. It's a short week, and they're going to have to be flexible and be ready to play in a big game against Marshall. Yeah, and you know, Marshall's got a pretty good linebacking core as well. Devontae Beckett, 77 total tackles. And Eli Neal, 58 total tackles. Those are kind of the guys you're going to have to watch there in the linebacking core. And then on the D-line, Darius Hodge, 45 total tackles. Man, Marshall's a pretty good team, but I know Charlotte wants to make a statement. Brad, you got any keys to a Charlotte victory? What do you think they need to change from Western Kentucky to Marshall on Friday to get a win? I definitely would like to see this team use the run game and passing game a little bit better to their ability. Kind of be a dual threat like they did in their win so far this year, especially with the North Texas game. I would like to see a little bit of Dom Schaffner, quarterback, who's gotten some snaps this year. He had a good little drive against Western Kentucky. Maybe switch things up and throw a little bit of the unexpected at Marshall given that they got to do everything they can to win this game and obviously the odds are not in Charlotte's favor you haven't played a game haven't played that many games throughout the season you haven't able to progress as Marshall has they've had more of a full season so you definitely just want to do what you can on every play but throw a little bit unexpected do something you wouldn't normally do because that's going to take to win a game like this yeah I agree with you love to see Dom Schaffner get a little bit of more playing time also clock management for Charlotte to me is key they were down big against Western Kentucky and I personally think did not manage the clock well they need to have these plays ready to go They don't need to be looking at the sideline because now the play clock's winding down, which in turn, the game clock's going to wind down. Also, if the running game isn't working, pass a little bit more. Chris Reynolds is mighty capable of doing so. Brad, got any predictions? So let's be, you know, let's be honest here. It's going to be a tough game for Charlotte. I think that you're playing against a good team who obviously lost to a Rice team that wasn't up to their success, but they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. They're not going to take this lightly. This is the last game. This is a big game for them, bowl game, Conference USA, everything. They're going to be playing lights out. And if they're healthy and they're ready, they're going to be a big threat 
threats of this Charlotte defense slash team. So I'm going to go ahead 35-17 in favor of Marshall. I think Charlotte will probably start slow and get some points on the board later, but Marshall will break away later. So they end up winning the game, in my opinion, 35-17. That's my prediction. What about you, Bryson? Uh, I'm going to go 38-31. I know that's definitely close, but I'm going to say Marshall wins that one. I think Charlotte knows what they have to fix. And hopefully this game stays and they will go back-to-back games. But I have a player prediction as well. I'm going to say this. Tyler Murray, Ben DeLuca will combine for 20-plus tackles against Marshall. Book it. They've been close this year, so it's not out of the realm. And I think you're going to put a lot of pressure on those guys to get those tackles, given the defense has struggled and they struggled in the game against Western Kentucky. It's not far off, but pretty good prediction. I definitely think personally, I would like to see Dom Schaffner get more snaps and get more passing opportunities because I think he could do well and be a good dual threat quarterback for the 49ers and definitely something different since there's not a lot of film on him. So it won't be really prepared for what Dom Schaffner will be able to throw at you. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Brad. Sadly, this is the end of our episode. Man, this has been so much fun to get back in the studio with Brad. I sadly had to miss one of the episodes last week. I was on vacation. It was definitely a lot of fun, but I'm glad to be back. Glad to have sports to talk about. Brad, this has been fun. I hate that it's over. Next week will be our year in review edition. We'll give it back over to Cameron and Miles. Man, you'll be back in January. We'll be back better than ever, and we'll get everything going, so can't wait to be back it's been a good semester it's our been our guinea pig semester but definitely next semester 2021 hopefully be a lot better and best wishes to everyone else and cameron and miles will definitely do a good job next week with their year in review of charlotte 49er sport yeah and a big thank you to all our listeners we really appreciate you without you this wouldn't be possible so thank you all so much see you next time on niner sports talk (laughs) 